And I'll tell you guys since we're since we're all friends. Every character I write has a piece of me in them. Hi, I'm Lee Bardugo, and you're listening to the Grisha Cast. Welcome to Grisha Cast, episode 50. In this episode, we are covering chapters 30 through 32 from the book Crooked Kingdom. This is your host, Eric. And I'm Terry from Nashville, Tennessee. This is your podcast for all things Grishaverse. A world created by the wonderful Lee Bardugo. Moi Savienyi casters! <laughs> oh my goodness, hello! Ah, hello! <laughs> so, let's um definitely say hello to our listener cities. All right. First, we have Agawam, Massachusetts. Wow. Yeah. And we have UC Italy. Oh, hello. Yes. And then we have Vialonga, Portugal. Oh, that's amazing. Thank you guys for listening, especially since we haven't been on <laughs> air for about a month. A month. So, like, <laughs> you guys still are listening, and thank you so much. I think it's kind of awesome, probably, for the people that need to catch up and just found us. So, great time for that. For you um, listeners that like listening every week, we are very sorry. Hope that you did look at your socials so that way you could understand what was going on. Um, We try to keep up to date, keep you up to date. Um, But before we go any further, for those of you asking how you can help, we would greatly appreciate tips. Your tips will help us to continue to bring you the Grisha Cast. You can Venmo a tip to at B-O-D-H-I-M-M. Or Cash App, Dallasan, B-O-D-H-I-M-M. Ah, okay. And thank you to everyone that has tipped us. Yes. Thank you. And so, yes, we're back. And we cut it short in the middle of October mm-hmm. because... You know. We had to. (laughs) There's just some things going on, whatever. Yep. I got COVID, Mm -hmm. um, which was a total surprise. I did not expect it, and it was horrific. It was not fun. Um, I had to quarantine, which felt like for years in a small bedroom with a bathroom attached, and... Nobody to like really see because my my son and my husband both didn't have it and we didn't want them to catch it. So like the only time I ever came out, I had a mask on and if they were out there, I made it really quick. So I'd go out of my room to eat, but I drove myself crazy in that room. (laughs) Like, oh my God, you, I don't wish it on anybody. And it was it was crazy. That's it. I've never been sick like that ever in my life. I've never felt that way, and I hope I never do again. But um, it it was just horrendous. Mm-hmm. And I've everybody's got like different symptoms. And the crazy thing is, is I got it kind of with a group of people, um, and we all caught it at once. And everybody had just different symptoms. Some people didn't have any issues at all. And um, here's one thing just to let you guys know. Um, I never had a fever at all. Okay. So like, I don't know if y'all out there have noticed, but that seems to be the way people are deciding whether you can come into a building or not, at least. Mm -hmm. So just let you know, I never got a fever. Um, But my body aches were horrible. And besides like feeling like poop, also, like, the psychological part of just being stuck in a room. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, my God. It was terrorizing. And I am, unfortunately, to tell you the truth, I'm still not completely back to normal. I still cannot smell or taste a thing. So I came and tell you the last time I enjoyed what food tasted like <laughs> or a drink. So weird. Or the smell of anything. Um, it's... It's so horrible. And the doctor said that, like, they have no clue when that could come back. It just, hopefully sometime. So I am. Hopefully soon. Yeah. So I'm just feeding to nourish my body just to, like, ugh. But luckily I did everything I needed to do. And my husband and my son did not catch it, which is great. And um, very thankful for that. But 
it was um it was definitely an experience and i'm i'm glad i'm over it but thank you guys for being patient we um here at grisha cast had to really i mean buckle down we had to protect ourselves and everybody and i mean it just it took us out for a couple weeks because you got sick well i had to quarantine because (laughs) because um i come here and so then i quarantined for two weeks there and at the end of the two weeks um all three of us me and my children we all got sick and it wasn't bad it wasn't like horrible right but it was ticking the boxes (laughs) yeah absolutely and so we went to go get tested and so that was another week (laughs) of waiting for the test to come back um, because we opted to do the one that was way more sensitive and not like the rapid one okay um so we had to wait for that one and so literally for three weeks i (laughs) was at home with the kids um but i i mean it was it it was like a cold obviously i should have said that was a negative uh, result so it was probably a cold and everybody is better yeah um, so typical i mean like eh, normal ish everything's kind of back to normal ish i, I guess that's as good. normal as it was <laughs> in good. the past few months but yeah going back to work a couple days a week again and they're back at school sort of the schools oh yeah the school closed is, yeah <laughs> i am it's 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 getting very bad here locally. Like I know other places around the world and around the United States are still struggling with it, but yes. um here in like our community it is spreading like wildfire currently. Yeah. And it's it's horrible. It it really is. Like I mean, it one thing that was freaky and just scared me is how fast it like got like it got me and seven others sick like within like a very short time like and it's not like we were all hugging each other or anything like i mean it's just like it was really fast and then we were out for the count and oh my god i am and and the i just what sucks is like i just want to feel like myself again and i told terry this when I finally got over like the symptoms that were allowing me to go back to work, I I felt like I got hit by a train just because like my body literally felt like it just went through this crazy ordeal. And I still like I'm exhausted. Last weekend, I um I was just so pooped and I told Chris, like, we were talking about the plans for the weekend, and I was like, honey, I've got to sleep. And I talked to my doctor and that's all I did. Like, I mean, I slept all week and I can do that. Like, I mean, that's just, I just hope this isn't going to last too much longer. Mm -hmm. Um, And obviously I, my prayers and wishes go out to the friends and family of the unfortunate people that have, have lost lives over this. This is, um, this is a deadly disease. Many people are dying, especially in our area. In the United States itself right now, I heard them say it's pretty much a hot spot. And mm-hmm. it's because people are... One, it's become a political issue, which is horrible. This is a life-threatening disease. It has nothing to do with politics. So, ugh, I just... um, I went to go get groceries just um yesterday, and... I was amazed about how many people were not wearing masks. I wear one now, like all that, like at work, mm-hmm. I wear it consistently. And it's just be, be safe and be careful. And even if you don't believe in it, like, I mean, please wear a mask just for the other people because you don't know, I mean, what other people have. And like people with underlying issues, they can die from this. Like, that's why my brother's so freaked out. He's diabetic, and he lives in Chicago, and he just is horrified because if he catches it, I mean, it's it's going to be bad. Mm-hmm. It's just, anyways, really weird world we're living in, especially since it's the worst it's ever been right now. And, yeah, weird. But anyways, enough about the sad stuff. I'm glad you're feeling better. I'm glad you <laughs> never got COVID. Um, sorry for making you have to quarantine. That's 
it's fine. I, you know, stayed home from work and still got paid. So I guess it wasn't the worst thing ever. There you go. But, you know, since we recorded last, we also, you know, had an election. Yes. So. Oh, my God. So for people uh, that aren't in the U.S., I'm sure that you have heard the news. Oh, yeah. Um, But, you know, most of us here are celebrating. So. There are a lot of people that are celebrating and there are a lot of people that are saying that it's. It's rigged and that no matter what, they they still won. Um, I am I'm thankful. I was scared. That was a very close election. Um, my nails were like bitten down to nothing. Like, but hey, we prevailed. And like, there are parties in the streets. And like, the one thing that like I thought was amazing is I was scared when people were going to party in the streets, especially in New York. That People are going to come back and like say like, oh, but COVID, you're not supposed to be out there. But I saw everybody out there with a mask on. They might not have been six feet apart, but they were wearing masks celebrating in the street. It was just a big day because to so many people, this election, it just meant a lot. It it really, it meant a lot to me. I know it meant a lot to you, Terry. Mm -hmm. And um, it's not just... It's not just nothing to us. Um, it's our lives. And oh, I'm I'm thankful where we are. And also, to be honest, I'm I'm enjoying watching this crazy end of it. It's very entertaining. I don't even <laughs> watch news, but I'm just really enjoying watching the rejection and like uh we've still got a couple months, but it's so weird. Such a weird place. It to is be in, in and I celebrated my anniversary with Chris. We celebrated our four year anniversary. Yay! Yes, we got married um the week of elections coming out. We actually got married in two thousand and sixteen, mm-hmm. so we got married on a Sunday, and that week is the week that we found out that Trump was our president, <laughs> so um it's just it's a crazy time, so it's neat to like now our be celebrating and like it's it's different so um yeah but we a lot happened (laughs) yeah and we're just so happy to be back i miss this yes i um i felt so bad too just because like i wanted to do it and like you know you know how much this means to both of us (laughs) we get to like see each other and talk and um so i know it's not october anymore but since we had to cut October short, we're finishing with what we said. So yeah. we are in our cosplay. Mm-hmm. And um, we still have one more week of cosplay left next week. So yes. um, anyways, for those of you listening to the podcast that can't see, I am the Sea Whip. Rosalia. I think that's how you say it. That's how I, yeah, I think that's how it's done. You're yeah. sparkly and shiny. I am. And... If you're watching on YouTube, it just looks like I have a green face. But I really wish you could see the high definition of this. Like, I, I we'll worked really hard on Yes. And, of course, my beautiful Terry. Oh, my God. Put the, put the patch on. You got sh- to show it. Because she looks like an astounding Jinya. It's amazing. And she's even got the scars in my son was like worried <laughs> that she like got in some kind of fight, which was amazing. The second I came in the door, he rounded the corner and he was like, Hey, what? Oh my God. What happened? <laughs> and that's a sign, you know, you've done a good job yes. in your makeup. Yes. I'm very happy with it. Um, on the camera, I don't know how well it's showing up right. when I'm looking in the monitor. It looks like I have like old makeup on like I have wrinkles. <laughs> Um, so I'm not sure how well it's, um, it's being picked up on the camera, but it looks fantastic. Thanks. I have a lot of red on today. A lot of red. Yeah. We'll (laughs) make sure to put it on our socials. Yes. We will take pictures like we do every week. And real quickly, um, the U.S. edition of the Shadow and, wow, you definitely can't see that because it's all shiny. The Shadow and Bone Collector's Edition came out. It's got this beautiful case and, um. It's got a, I love the cover. It's really nice. Um, there's not any new information in it, um, but the pages are nice. Like, they're just made out of something different. 
and um, it's got this really pretty picture of Mort of a stag. And one thing I noticed is like the map of the Grisha verse that they put in all the books. This one is like high def or something. Like if you look at it, like I mean, normally in all the other books, when you look at the unsee, you kind of see the shadows of the Volcra. Like you can't really tell all of it, but in this, you see the Volcra. Like so, there are there were a couple changes, and um, for those of you that pre-ordered this and the Lives of Saints. We're starting to get our little gifts in. If you sent your receipt in, I'm excited. I just yesterday got my bookmark. Um, I hope that doesn't mean that that's all I'm getting. I hope I get the other <laughs> little prizes. Because you got a different prize depending mm-hmm. on what you send and if you send all of them in. So, anyways. But, um, yeah. So, we're excited to be back to Crooked Kingdom. And, um, so, you know what? We're going to say this, and then we'll think about it through the episode. We um, we want to try to decide, um, since um, The Lies of Saints came out, um, try to figure out what sank or sancta we would be, like, of what. And um, I know that Lee did it recently on one of her interviews, and it was really cute, and I, I like the idea. So I'm going to try to think... Um, throughout our episode and you know give your give our answers later mm-hmm. um so um anyways let's um let's move on in let's do it yeah i mean do you have anything <laughs> else to catch up on like <laughs> i i think we covered the important parts yeah we've been gone for a month we're sorry we're back we missed all of you and um it's it's nice to be back mm-hmm. so um Anyways, I started with chapter 30, which is following Kaz around. And it opens up with Kaz, Kaz is tired and has, um, I guess, let Jenya tailor him a little bit so he can look somewhat more presentable. Um, and then as readers, we now kind of go back in time through Kaz's thoughts. And he, like, kind of revisits his conversation that he had with Sturmond because we didn't know that like when that scene happened in the last chapter they just went off and we had no clue what they talked about so um anyways here is a quote um in his time with the dregs kaz had seen and heard plenty but his conversation with sturman in the solarium had topped it all they had talked through the details of the auction what they would need from jenya how Kaz predicted the betting would go and in what increments. Kaz wanted Sturmon to enter the fray at 50 million and suspected the shoe would counter by raising 10 million or more. Kaz needed to know the Ravkins were committed. Once the auction was announced, it would have to proceed. There were, there could be no backward step. End quote. So, um, yeah, we're getting closer to this auction. And, um... Kind of get a little confusing, you know? I mean, they've got this like, crazy like plan that we don't know all mm-hmm. of yet. And that's what I love about Lee's writing is like we don't we don't know the plan. Um so Sturmond is curious though and um starts asking Kaz questions about like he really wants to know how Kaz got his team into the ice court and was able to get Kue out safely. Um, he's just intrigued by that, but Kaz ain't, he ain't giving away no secrets. Uh, uh, (laughs) no. So, um, he's, um, he's being cautious. So this is an amazing scene because I love the conversation. So that brings us to our scene for the evening. Yay. We're doing scenes again. (laughs) Ah, that's awesome. So, um, I will be playing Sturmond. And the lovely Terry will be playing, of course, the bad butt himself, <laughs> Kaz. So, um, real quickly, a very special thank you for the background music created by Kendra Dante and produced by Year 26, the song Never Forgot. And make sure if you really like the song, the lyrics are on YouTube. There's, like, so much stuff on there. She's really talented. Mm-hmm. Um so, you ready to go, girl? I'm ready. Okay. So, curtain up. Oh. 
<laughs> well, Brecker, it's obvious you only deal in half-truths and outright lies, so you're clearly the man for the job. There's just one thing, said Kaz, studying the privateer's broken nose and ruddy hair. Before we join hands and jump off a cliff together, I want to know exactly who I'm running with. Sturmon lifted a brow. We haven't been on a road trip or exchanged clothes, but I think our introductions were civilized enough. Who are you really, Privateer? Is this an existential question? No proper thief talks the way you do. How narrow-minded of you. I know the look of a rich man's son, and I don't believe a king would send an ordinary privateer to handle business this sensitive. Ordinary, scoffed Sturmon. Are you so schooled in politics? I know my way around a deal. Who are you? We get the truth, or my crew walks. Are you so sure that would be possible, Brecker? I know your plans now. I'm accompanied by two of the world's most legendary Grisha, and I'm not too bad in a fight either. And I'm the canal rat who brought Kuwayul Bo out of the ice court alive. Mm -hmm. Let me know how you like your chances. His crew didn't have clothes or titles to rival the Rovkins, but Kaz knew where he'd put his money if he had any left. Sturmon clasped his hands behind his back. And Kaz saw the barest shift in his demeanor. His eyes lost their bemused gleam and took on a surprising weight. No ordinary privateer at all. Let us say, said Sturmon, gaze trained on the Ketterdam street below, hypothetically, of course, that the Rovkin King has intelligence networks that reach deep within Kirch, Fjorda, and the Shuhan, and that he knows exactly how important Kue Yulbo could be to the future of his country. Let us say that King would trust no one to negotiate such matters but himself, but that he also knows just how dangerous it is to travel under his own name when his country is in turmoil, when he has no heir and the Lantsov succession is in no way secured. So, hypothetically, Cass said, you might be addressed as Your Highness. And a variety of more colorful names, hypothetically. The privateer cast him an assessing glance. Just how did you know I wasn't who I claimed to be, Mr. Brecker? Kaz shrugged. You speak Kirch like a native, a rich native. You don't look like someone who came up with sailors and street thugs. The privateer turned slightly, giving Kaz his full attention. His ease was gone, and now he looked like a man who might command armies. Mr. Brecker, he said. Kaz, if I may. I am a vulnerable I am in a vulnerable position. I am a king ruling a country with an empty treasury, facing enemies on all sides. There are also forces within my country that might seize an any absence as an opportunity to make their own bid for power. So you're saying you'd make an excellent hostage. I suspect that the ransom for me would be considerably less than the price Kuwe has on his head. Really, it's a bit of a blow to my self-esteem. You don't seem to be suffering, said Kaz. Sturmon was a creation of my youth, and his reputation still serves me well. I cannot bid on Kue Yulbo as the king of Ravka. I hope you plan I hope your plan will play out the way you think it will. But if it doesn't, the loss of such a prize would be seen as a humi- humiliating blunder diplomatically and strategically. I enter that auction as Sturmon, or as no one at all. If that is a problem... Has it- settled his hands on his cane. As long as you don't try to con me, you can enter as the Fairy Queen of Istamir. It's certainly nice to have my options open. He looked back out at the city. Can this possibly work, Mr. Brecker? Or am I risking the fate of Ravka and the world's Grisha on the honor and and abilities of a fast-talking urchin? More than a bit of both, said Kaz. You're risking a country. We're risking our lives. Seems a fair trade. The king of Ravka offered his hand. The deal is the deal. The deal is the deal. They shook. If only treaties could be signed so quickly, he said, his easy privateer's mane sliding back in place like a mask purchased on West Dave. I'm going to have a drink and a bath. One can take only so much mud and squalor. As the rebel said to the prince, 
It's bad for the Constitution. He flicked an invisible speck of dust from his lapel and sauntered out into the solarium. End scene. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Throw your roses. Yes. Mm-hmm. I love that scene just because, I mean, like, those characters, they're great. And it was, it brings me back, like, I mean, I remember talking about how I was amazed that, like, Sturman got it past Kaz, but mm-hmm. nope. Nope, he didn't. Kaz, Kaz smart. So Kaz is on his way back to the suite when he runs into Jesper, who was waiting for him, apparently. And Jesper actually asks him if he can have the remaining parm in case things start to go wrong. His reasoning is because he wants to be able to fix it for his father. He's just still got so much shame mm-hmm. with his dad. So he's thinking that if he has the parm, he can like at least have all the superpower. But Kaz says, no. If, on- if one of us is going down, we all go down. Which I love. I love that. I think that's, I love Kaz's mentality mm-hmm. in that because it's so true and it's important to bring people back in. We are a team. Jesper asks Kaz, um, so then Jesper asks Kaz who Jordy is, if you remember, mm-hmm. he randomly said that. And he answers, so, like, real. it's such a soft answer. And he says he's, he's someone he, he trusted and didn't want to lose. So not giving away too much information, mm-hmm. but general, yeah, but definitely honest. And um, so we move on, and um, the team is ready to leave, um, and Inej is going to help them cross through the town to the morgue without being seen. So Inej is pretty much going to like jump from building to building and like look around the corner and like making sure that they can get there without being seen. Um, because remember, every all of them can die if they're seen. Like everybody's mm-hmm. looking for him, and they're going to a morgue. So um, Kaz picks the lock to the morgue, and they go in. And of course, it smells of death. I couldn't imagine anything else that it would smell like. Here's a quote: Kaz had never been able to dodge the horror of that night in the Ketterdam, Har- Ketterdam Harbor. The memory of his brother's corpse clutched tight in his arms as he told himself to kick a little harder to take one more breath stay afloat stay alive he'd found his way to shore devoted himself to the vengeance he and his brother were owed but the nightmare refused to fade kaz had been sure it would get easier he would stop having to think twice before he shook a hand or was forced into close quarters instead Things got so bad, he could barely brush up against someone on the street without finding himself once more in in the harbor. He was on the Reaper's barge, and death was all around him. He was kicking through the water, clinging to the slippery bloat of Geordie's flesh, too frightened of drowning to let go. End quote. And the reason I brought that up is just because that is, like, that's what Kaz keeps going to. Like, I mean, that it explains obviously that we know his whole way of struggle. not being his yeah exactly mm-hmm. struggle is a good word of why he can't touch skin and it's just like it it brings back these memories and um so Kaz has a flashback and he starts to he starts thinking of the time he and I love this name I guess this is like uh, another drag his name's Teapot <laughs> <laughs> teapot they all have fun names i know i just think that's so funny like i mean you're part of like this like rough gang mm-hmm. it's like teapot what's your name i'm teapot teapot yo would you like some sugar <laughs> let's spill some tea what with are you tea- taking your tea spilling some tea with teapot <laughs> mm. how them dregs doing girl it's a good podcast name the teapot the teapot it's just so like Mm-hmm. It doesn't explain how he got the name either, no. but I really would be intrigued. So next time, remind me, next time Lee comes, okay. I've got to ask her, how did you come up with all the other names of the drag members? Mm-hmm. Teapot. Teapot. I mean, I'm Saucer. Saucer. <laughs> Lord, anyways. 
<laughs> too much fun. Okay, so our little teapot, short and stout, um, had to carry Jorka six blocks when he was wasted with Kaz. Um, so if you've ever carried anybody that is <laughs> drunk, then you know it takes two people, sometimes one, but you are all up in their goodies and business. I mean, it's just skin on skin on clothing on sweat. There's, this isn't a, I don't know, it's not a polite situation. You're trying to keep them on balance. Um, anyways, so Kaz had to deal with a lot of skin touching, and it made him pretty sick. Teapot later found Kaz actually hovering over a toilet shaking. And I guess Kaz was so freaked out, he begged him, telling him it was nothing more than food poisoning. So, still not able to admit to mm-hmm. other people that he had problems with skin. He's just like, it's food poisoning. Um, next quote. The next day, he'd bought his first pair of gloves. Here we go. History. First pair of gloves. Cheap black things that bled dye whenever they got wet. Weakness was lethal in the barrel. People could smell it on you like blood, and if Kaz was going to bring Pekka Rollins to his knees, he couldn't afford any more nights trembling on a bathroom floor, end quote. Kaz would try to get over his sickness of touching skin, as as we heard in that last quote I just read. And this is this is no easy feat, but when it fine when it finally comes down to it, he was able to own up to it. I think, and work around this phobia of touching skin as best as he could. Um, with this somewhat new courage, um, you know, learning how to conquer his own, I guess, like personal kryptonite. Like, I mean, that's what I think. Here's this next quote. He became twat. And so he got over that. And that's why this next quote is, this is who he's become. He became twice as ruthless, fought twice as hard. He stopped worrying about seeming normal, let people see a glimmer of the madness within him, and let them guess at the rest. Someone got too close, he threw a punch. Someone dared to put hands on him, he broke a wrist. Two wrists. A jaw. Dirty hands, they called him. Haskell's rabid dog. The rage inside him burned on, and he learned to despise people who complained, who begged, who claimed they'd suffered— let me teach you what pain looks like, he would say, and then he'd paint a picture with his fists. End quote. Now we are back to reality and back into, like, out of that daydream, and where are we? We're back at that morgue. They start searching for a cadaver, and they find one. Uh, the, they come across a middle-aged man, um, and Kaz pulls out a bottle that I guess came from Jenya's tailoring Kit. And this is very intriguing and interesting because we don't know why he says this, but he says, take what you want. So um, now we jump back to, so that's how that ends. It's kind of like a end of a scene. And now we kind of like jump back to the hotel suite and Kaz is kind of surveying his crew before this whole mission. And um, he's just watching them. Um, before they depart, and in my usual fashion, I will read us out to the end of this chapter with this quote. He scanned the faces of the people he had fought beside, bled with. He'd lied to them and been lied to. He'd brought them into hell and dragged them out again. Cass settled his hands over his cane, his back to the city. Well, we all want different things from this day. Freedom, redemption... Cold hard cash, suggested Jesper. Plenty of that. There are lots of people looking to stand in our way. Van Eck, the Merchant Council, Pekka Rollins, and his goons. A few different countries and most of this saints forsaken town. Is this supposed to be encouraging, asked Nina? They don't know who we are, not really. They don't know what we've done, what we've managed together. Kaz wrapped his cane on the ground so let's go show them they picked the wrong damn fight end chapter end scene in chapter <laughs> yeah there wasn't a scene but bam 
I liked it. I liked the way it ended. Yeah. So I'm done. Let's go, girl. What you got? All right. I got chapter 31. Okay. And that follows Lylan. Aww. We're a few hours out from the auction. Everyone is getting ready to leave the hotel suite before dawn. Wylan is taking a moment to reflect. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, literally, he's looking in the mirror. Okay. On what his purpose is at this very moment. He decides that only he can see his father punished and his mother freed. It's all on him. Aww. He decides he's done hiding and he's done running because he thinks he's done that his entire life. Yeah. So yes. he just had a moment of reflection, literally. So he and Calm are calm, calm. Whatever. Are led. It's calm. calm. I always say calm, but it's it's calm. Are led to a bakery that is closed for the events because like all the businesses shut down because you know this is church. Right. And uh, they follow the instructions Kaz had given to stay put. Hours go by. Hours and hours. Wyland peeks out of the window and sees the church of Barter, um, and I. Just thought that this was interesting because it's part of the world. There are words written over the arch. Mm. I don't know if I want to try to say them, but it's like engine, vur, hint, al, hint, which translate to industry, integrity, and prosperity, which is very different than a church of our world. You did great, girl. <laughs> we would have like faith. <laughs> yeah, or um, <laughs> Jesus hates sinners. Yes, something like that. Um it, it wouldn't be anything about money and prosperity um, or propriety. Yeah, we talk about hell a lot in the South. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've seen some signs. You read your Bible, you're going to hell. And that's just on like, you're driving on Interstate 40, just like trying to go to Shoney's and like, mm-hmm. like oh, dang. Yes. Sorry. Very threatening. It is. <laughs> so Comb wakes up from a little nap mm. and asks Wylan, what made him lie for Jesper back at the tomb? Wyland says because he knows what it's like to get things wrong. Comb admits that he believes he's done everything all wrong, and that's why Jesper is the way that he is. Wyland tells him that he thinks that Comb actually gave Jesper someone to run to regardless of his mistakes, and that that's actually, um, you know, a good thing for a parent to be. Comb then tells Wyland that he'd be good for Jesper. No. Oh. Suddenly there's a noise Mm. and Wylan goes to check it out. Just as he's saying it's a false alarm, hands grab him from behind and he's bagged and gagged. The voice is deep and it says he's about to see his father. Wylan was dragged into another building where he can hear his father. They're in a small chapel that Wylan recognizes as one at the end of Gezin's pinky. I remember the whole hand the, yes, thing. Yes, I, I love that architecture. Yeah. It, I think it's funny. So Van Eck says he knows that Kaz is working with the Rovkins and that if Wyland spills the beans, he'll give him an allowance and let him live in luxury. Ooh. As soon as Van Eck removed the gag, Wyland spit in his face and got all sassy with him. Mm. Van Eck tells the other two in the room to torture him into talking before the auction starts. Wyland summons everything he's learned from the other crows and says he'll never talk. But after the first punch shatters two of his ribs, he gives in and tells them everything. End of the chapter. Yeah, and see that, like, it's it puts you in a weird spot, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Because, yeah. like, I mean, you... Like, no! No, Wyland! Why yeah. would you do that? You're going to ruin everything. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And you think about how far he's come, but then you also think about he's new to this and he's a good boy. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Poor Wyland. Yeah. So moving on to chapter 32. Oh. As I hit the mic. Oh, girl, my bad. I, do it all the time. I am a professional. Of course um, we are. <laughs> chapter 32 follows Inej. So we're switching on over here. Inej is looking to sneak into the Church of Barter, which is extra secure, obviously, that morning. She has Jesper's rifle on her back, and she slips beneath a cart full of lumber, holding on to the axles and riding it into the center aisle. Like, I imagine it like, because it's like church, 
because it talks about the aisle and the pews. But right. like, so she's like laying, like if you lay on the ground and grab the under part of like a cart, like that's what she's literally doing. And she's just writing it down. <laughs> and then she gets into like the church and rolls off and like rolls in between the pews. <laughs> I mean, I guess only she can do that. Um, she hides Jesper's gun and then makes her way onto the rooftop that she describes as a strange gray green fairyland that no one else gets to see. Yeah, because nobody else is stupid enough to climb up there. <laughs> yeah. She plants explosives that Kaz had given her to plant as, quote, insurance. They are very noisy, but with little damage, mostly for distraction purposes. I love that. Why kill everybody? We can just scare them so we can get <laughs> yeah. away. When she finishes that, she takes a moment to watch all the preparations and the delegations walking in and filling the pews. Jesper is actually walking in with his Emini, trying to fit mm. in. Smart. The Rovkins walk in with Starmond in a bright teal cape, subtle, with Jinya and Zoya next to him. The Fjordans rise up to fight. Real quickly, I'm sorry. I want some. I want to see that picture. I would love for one of our like artists. I would love to see a picture of Sturmond with mm-hmm. with Jin with Jinya like, and Zoya walking next. in like that. Yeah, that it just seems such like like such a cool picture. Mm-hmm. I'd love to see that. Um, yeah. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I, I've I've got to stop. Okay, so when the Rovkins come in, then the Fjordans rise up to fight, but then they're reminded. Um, that Kurt is neutral territory. They, of course, exchange some words back and forth. After everyone has arrived and the bells chime three, the doors open and Kuwait enters with Kaz, Matthias, and an armed Stodwatch. Everyone is shouting at them, but they are still protected until the final gavel. Yeah. The city auctioneer, Jelen Rodmacher. Okay, Mr. Rodmacher. (laughs) It's a fun name. Took his place and brought his gavel down, calling for order. Kuei, Kaz, and Matthias walked up to the podium. A medic is called up to declare Kuei's health, which is deemed to be healthy and sound. Oh, good. Which We're is just... very strange, like, just a medical examination. Hold on. Gotta check his vitals. <laughs> you know. Kuei gives It's COVID, his... <laughs> girl. I mean. It's a pandemic. Yeah. Um, Kuei gives his consent to abide by the rules of the auction, and it begins. The bidding starts at one million Krug. Okay, this is horrifying. If you just think about it, like, imagine yourself being in that situation. Like, that to Kauai me, standing up there. Yeah. I just would be horrified. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Of course. So much can go wrong. Mm-hmm. Okay, go on. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm anxious. So the, the bidding starts at one million Krug. And of course, it quickly rises up to 40 million. Jeez. Sturman raises... Is um raise his hand and he shouts fifty million Krug, the shoe counter with sixty million. Great. It goes round the room again, rising until the shoe get tired of the game and raise it to ninety million. Oh my god! Sturman raises it to ninety one million. Okay. The shoe come back with one hundred and ten. Sturman comes back with one hundred and twenty, and then the doors burst open. A huge wave of seawater crashes through the pews, and then it just suddenly disappears into a mist. (laughs) Fifteen figures in blue cloaks walk in, and everyone calls for their weapons. Remember, they're not allowed, so no one actually has weapons. The one at the front of the line says they are the Council of Tides and that this auction is a sham. Do you remember that I made a big deal about the Council of Tides when we first heard of them, and I, like, Anyways, it was kind of like, you probably didn't hear it or understand it at all, but I was like... Well, no, but we knew, I mean... So for them, cool! For them to be a, like brought up at all, you knew that they would have to come in at some point. But now we can fight, like, no one sees them. No one knows what they do, really. Yes. I mean, like, they're... It's, it's just so cool. <laughs> uh, okay. Sorry. Okay. So, the Council of Tides are in, and they say, this auction is a sham, mm-hmm. which, dang it, we've been found out. They sound like Trump. Rodmacher <laughs> calls for order just as Inej hears a whoosh and jumps left. Dunyasha! The end. Well, wow. You did a good job. Very dramatic ending. It's also the end of part five. 
But like the last few pages were like, bam, 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 end. Yeah, I get it. (laughs) Well, that's how like her books do. Like, I mean, we're kind of at that spot. And that's it. Like, that's where we have to leave you. Yeah. What is the So like, I can't remember. What is the name of the next section that we're in? I'm always intrigued by these sections. I think it's kind of neat. And I'm guessing it's the last section, too. Um, It is Action and Echo. Well, there you go. Yeah. And anyways, I, I also, like, for people out there that are reading the actual book, don't you love this font and want to figure out what font it is? The font is? I oh. Lo- like, I just love the way, like, I don't know, the font to me, like, reads Grishaverse so much to me in these books. So, um, well, go, girl, we did it. We're we back. It. Oh, <laughs> yes. I feel like I'm... I'm fishy, fishy <laughs> with Ms. Zoya. Mm-hmm. No, you're not Zoya. I'm so sorry, Jenya, girl. Huh. I, I'm, I've, I've lost my mind. <laughs> it's bit. So that's another thing with COVID, by the way. Just letting you know, they said that. I mean, and another girl at my work is having the same problem. We're having memory lapses and things are getting confused. We're um, just saying. So that's my <laughs> excuse this time. Now, in a year, which I'll probably do it again, I have no excuse. But this time, I'm calling COVID, okay? <laughs> um, okay, so it's that time for... Grishikas News! I'm sorry, we haven't done this in so long. I'm just, like, ecstatic over anything. Um... Okay, so actually, something really cool came out the other day, and I was really excited about it because um, I loved The Lives of Saints a lot. I thought it was just a brilliant piece of work. And usually, sometimes when books come out, the audiobooks comes out at the same time. But it wasn't. They finally have let us know that audiobook is coming out December 8th. And who's reading it? Ben Barnes. Uh-huh. <laughs> And Lauren Fortgang, who I love. Lauren Fortgang is the one that pretty much does all of her stuff. Like, she's always a part of all the books. She reads the entire Shadow and Bone. And I, I love her voice. She knows the Grishaverse really well. She does a good job. So I'm really excited to read, like, hear Ben Barnes and Lauren Fortgang. And it's just going to be such a great listen because they're short stories with it. It's great. So cool little snippet there, but we got to wait till December. Um, so Lee released a small snippet of Rule of Wolves, just like a paragraph, two, I don't know, not much, <laughs> but just enough to piss you off and want more and want to know what's going on. Um, so, but one cool thing, I don't think we talked, I don't know whether this happened last time and we didn't talk about it, but, um, so she was really busy in October, I don't know how active you fans are out there but i mean i keep up with like all the events she does and october she was active she did a lot of stuff and um one cool thing she did was she did she got on instagram live and this was like i think the day after the story sanctia came out and she read us the story saint nikolai which was really cool um it was 15 minutes but reading her read it oh it was just stunning and incredible so um real cool um okay real quickly just reminding you um if you would like to submit a journal entry for severed (laughs) moon we would love it um really we would um maybe i'll just start writing little ones and share it and maybe that'll get your attention um Anyways, I just think it, we talked about it a lot. It's a birthday present we're going to give her in April. Cool idea. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But I think um, whatever we do get, we're going to send her. I would love to send her a lot. Um, but as I said, if you don't have Severed Moon, email me at eric at com, and I will gladly pick you out topics. If you don't like it, I'll give you another topic. <laughs> and it's only like 200 words or less. So if you're looking to write and want a way to like get Lee to read it. Here's the way, girls. So, 
We have a Fjord and Mary Kills. We've got two of them. That's fun. Okay, so I think it's fair that I'm I'm going to read one of them, and then you're going to read the next one, okay? Okay. So the first one is from Miss Elizabeth Wrights. Okay, and we have not thought about these or read these. Um, Jean Van Eck, Pekka Rollins, and Tanta Haleen. Ew. Wow, girl. Ooh, <gasps> you rough. But that's okay. I've given some rough ones, too. Okay. So I've, I've got to think. Um, Jean Van Eck, Pekka Rollins. Ugh. Tanta Helene. Um. <laughs> okay. So I would marry Jean Van Eck because he's got the monies. And obviously the way he's abandoned his son, he can just abandon me and I'll just be happy in a mansion with a dog and, um, you know, Hanging out with um, Alice, you know, that could be fun. He just because you're married doesn't mean you have to have sex with him. So, um, I'd marry Jean Van Eck. Um, I think I would. Um, oh, Lord. Ugh. <laughs> God. I guess I, I guess I would, um, Fjordan Tanta Helene, um, just because it would be my first time, so I would (laughs) giggle and not know what I was doing anyways, and I wouldn't be, like, trying to impress anybody, I would just kind of be, like, so it, it wouldn't be a big thing, I mean, I wouldn't know what I was doing anyways, and she just get me it, it'd be quick and over because she won't want me there and then that way i could kill pecker rollins because i really don't like pecker rollins okay my answers were the exact same really yep damn girl i mean not best always cast best cast. <laughs> yeah okay same. so you read off mine have fun with yeah so that is the person um that's uh, a, it's instagram so this is okay so it's instagram and instead of trying to pronounce it <laughs> it is c X N N O L I. So like Sinoli, maybe? Snowy? And Oh yeah, sorry. <laughs> I'm like <laughs> And he's taking it away from me. Okay. I um so Feared Mary Kill. Um Jinya, Jesper, and Alina. Okay, so that one's a little bit better. Um I gotta think. Okay, so Jinya, Jesper, Alina. Okay. Well, I know I would definitely marry Jesper. Yes. Because, I mean, he's hot. He, he'd he be fun. He really would. He, I love his sense of humor. Um, you already have my answer for these. Yeah, and then what's hard is about Jenny and Alina, because actually I, I really do like both of them. Um, but with the story, Alina's kind of gone out in hiding, and she doesn't want to be seen anymore. So that's the only reason I'd have to kill her is because I want to go out still. And Jenny <laughs> like, is a party girl. So, I mean, I couldn't be stuck hiding with Alina anymore. Um, so I would, and Jenny, like, oh, my God, she'd be amazing to have around. I mean, think about, like, waking up and having a zit. Be like, honey, can you just tailor this off? Or, like, <laughs> oh, my God, yeah, it'd be great. And she just... She's fun. She's funny. She's been through some stuff, too. So she's got, like, good personality. And I love Alina. I really do. But I just couldn't. She's her. The rest of her life is being hidden. We don't even know where. Like, just she's hidden with Mal somewhere. And I just wouldn't want to be a part of that. <laughs> How about you? Um, Mary Jinya. Okay. Because she's a tailor. Yeah. Um. Fjordan, Jasper, kill Alina. Sorry. I love <laughs> Alina. She gets such a bad rap, too. I feel, I feel bad. Because I really do like her character. I would like to have Jinya's powers all the time, not just to Fjordan. And um, mm-hmm. Jasper being bisexual. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, girl. 
lot of I queer just, fun. I just thought of some. But I'm leaving that to myself. And we're. And I'm going to have to tell you what I just on. thought of after because yes, I thought about on. it. Was like, <laughs> um, but real quickly, we can't forget. So um, let's think for a second. Women are sancta. I'm a saint. So um, we got to pick what we're like saints of. Um, I'm not going to get this right. I'm paraphrasing. I remember Lee did it and she said like she was sancta of like authors. I think she went specific into like new authors or authors that are trying to publish a book and that she would like write like a couple chapters of drafts for them, like for them. So she, they wouldn't have to do it. So, um, cute about writing. So, um, and I love, I love the word Sancta. I want to be a Sancta too. You can I, I, I am. You I'm want. Sancta. Okay. I am. So- okay. What would I be a Sancta of? Because you haven't read this book, but like, I mean, it's crazy. People are like <laughs> Sancta of like, and saints over the, some of the weirdest thing. I, Okay. I do. I love. Do you have any idea yet? Yes. Well, then you go. <laughs> Sancta of people who <laughs> constantly have new projects going on, buy everything for it, hoard everything, spend all the money, get bored, move on, repeat. <laughs> Okay, so break that down. So you are, what? So the crafters who try everything, one project to the next, getting bored, moving on to the next. Okay, so you're the Sancta of... What is it? Jack of all trades, master of all. (laughs) Okay. So I would be Sancta of books, of writing, and... um imaginary worlds and um escapism i would be and i would um come to you at night and um no i'd come to you when you just finished your book and you're at that moment where like oh god now i gotta find a new book um i would all of a sudden like do some kind of like little magic where like, I mean, I would hand you the next book and you would like it and it'd be a book that you would love. Cause I would just magically know what you, you liked. So that would be my power. I would, I would help the reader not have to go through the horrible situation of trying to figure out what they want to read next. Um, because sometimes that's, that's hard. Um, because you, Especially if you've read like a really good book, you got you want to pick out a good one. And I'm I'm really weird. I do not read the backs of books because I and I encourage people to do this. No one will do it ever, but I've done it for a while. I encourage people to read a book without reading the back, the plot, or anything. It is very entertaining because even the plot is entertaining. So, anyways, <laughs> nope. I read everything, and I read the last page first. That's right. You do do that. Yep. Okay. So, <laughs> so I'm Sancta of fascinating books. And I don't know how to paraphrase your Sancta. I don't know either. But hey, we did it. <laughs> and for our listeners and fun people out there, we would love to hear what your Sancta or a saint of. Mm-hmm. We really would. And we will read them on the air. And um, if you want to do the Fear to Mary Kills with us, um, we'd love that. A special thanks definitely to Miss Elizabeth Wrights and C. Noli. Um, thank you for sending those in. We're so glad you're listening. Um, so next week, we're back. We're back, y'all. Um, and it's going to be our last one, our last cosplay. So get ready. Um, we are going to be reading four chapters reading 33 through 36 because we are at that climax of the book peeps so lots gonna happen um but yeah 33 through 36 we're so happy to be back thank you and thank you for tuning in and staying with us we love you all so much and um yeah was there anything (laughs) that we need to thank them for like i mean happy like 
Happy everything. What was last Wednesday? <laughs> Veterans Day? Yes. If you're in the U.S., happy Veterans Day. Yes. And, um, yeah. So, okay. Well, we love you all. Hope you all enjoyed our costumes. And um, if you haven't and only been listening, find us on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Okay. Love y'all. Bye, peeps. Bye. Like, we're at the end of the hour, so my voice is a little husky. It was. No, no mourners. No funerals. This has been GrishaCast. Connect with us on the web at GrishaCast.com. Send an email to info at GrishaCast.com. <laughs> Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at GrishaCast. And YouTube at <laughs> GrishaCast. Yes, a spe- YouTube. A special thank you for our background music created by Kendra Dantes <laughs> and produced by Year 26.